This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. A quick update on the Biden Care part of the American Rescue Plan Act um, with the increased subsidies and the COBRA subsidies. I figure I'd just give a quick outline of what we're seeing. Higher income brackets are definitely qualifying. We've ran numbers. We've had some people that qualified for it that originally did not. And the income could get actually quite high depending on the family dynamics and where you're at in the local area and what the average cost of the silver plan is. Also, for those who are already qualified for the subsidy that is being applied to your health insurance premiums, you could actually go back in and just basically update the information without updating anything. It's the same income, everything's there. Then it'll publish a new taxpayer um, healthcare subsidy to apply for the premiums. If you're confused on how to do this because you only do it once a year, for sure, call our office. We'll walk you through the whole thing so that you can have more affordable premiums for the rest of the year. We are seeing it. I just wanted to give that update. um, Not that it wasn't true, and I pointed out in the last podcast, but uh, I just also wanted to make sure that you had a resource. You could contact us, and we'll walk you through the whole thing. Employers who have questions about COBRA and the COBRA subsidy, just call our office. We'll get the answers for you. Uh, we already have a lot of the information, and uh, maybe uh, you need more information or need some guidance. So just go ahead and call our office, and we'll get that information to you. And I want to follow up from the last session on that. We have planning going on for the fourth quarter open enrollments all the way through the first of the year. I encourage you to start your planning process now. Start vetting out vendors, maybe possibly even talking and having the conversation about switching insurance companies, if that's even viable. Maybe there's better options out there. Maybe get a second opinion and then verify that information just to make sure that it is what you're looking for. And the only way you're going to do that through is through some due diligence and uh, get some comparisons and second opinions. And if you need any help with that, obviously call our office, 708-535-3006. All right, welcome back to the ZMAR podcast. A great guest today, uh, Charles Reed, CPA. Charles, welcome to the show. Butch, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. So can you give an introduction about what you're doing? I am the founder of Get Payroll. It's come through several names over the last 30 years. But we provide payroll services for small to medium-sized businesses around the country. Uh, We just picked up a Hawaii client the other day, so I think we're in 49 states. And we provide payroll and payroll-related services, timekeeping, HR. We partner with various other partners to provide other associated products. But our business is payroll. It's very complex. It, it really is. Uh, that's why I wrote the book. But it's, it, there, there's, there's so many things and so many agencies that have their fingers into it. There are over 15,000 agencies that tax payroll. Payroll, 70%, Butch, 70% of all United States revenue for the federal government comes through the payroll system. Trillions of dollars, we we don't all handle it all ourselves, but ourselves and our brethren handle 70% plus of all federal government revenue. 
That's incredible. And on top of it, we're, it's something important to everybody's lives throughout the entire country. Yeah, you deliver paychecks late one day, and then see, I, I, we, had a cli- we had a client years ago in Fort Worth, about 40 miles away, a roofer, and he was late getting his payroll information to us. But, you know, we like to take care of our clients, so we did it that afternoon when he, when he got it to us, and I drove it over to Fort Worth, and in the parking lot, there were 30 uh, roofers with roofing knives on their belt waiting for their paychecks. They were happy to see me. Their boss was very happy to see me. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would say so. And, you know, and, and, and the go that extra mile says a lot about you because how many other payroll providers would drive down the street and say, hey, let's roll up our sleeves together. Let's take care of this. Most of what, and that's, you brought up one of my favorite sayings for entrepreneurs and small business. There's never a traffic jam on the extra mile. Absolutely. But I'm sure some of this comes uh, from your background being in the United States Marine Corps. Well, in the Marine Corps, you're taught mission first. Mm -hmm. Your mission, your men, and then yourself. And that carries through. And the discipline that I developed in the service, you know, I was a mediocre high school student. I was a troublemaker, on and on and on. Uh, But the Marine Corps instills discipline externally and internally and you learn that the mission becomes the thing you must accomplish regardless of what's put in your way. So driving an extra 30 miles or working till midnight or whatever to get it done, that's our mission is to provide those payroll services for our clients. Even though I served 20 years or so after you did, um, it's definitely an honor to uh, to be speaking with with our fellow military men and women that are out there. Absolutely. Thanks for paving the the way for us to make it uh, a little bit easier as time goes on, because even though I was in the Navy, we still worked a lot with the Marine Corps, and they go hand in hand, even though I beg to differ sometimes, even though it's a Naval-based command, but the Marine really runs the the show. Uh, We had fun while we were there, and uh, we made it better for the people after us. Well, my father was Navy, so I understand that. He was uh, retired as a uh, commander, uh, was in the reserve for many years after World War II. But of course, and just as an aside, you know, of course, that the Marine Corps is part of the Department of the Navy. Of course. The Men's Department. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's not the first Sorry time I've that, heard that. <laughs> nah, it's, uh, you, know, and, and, you know, the camaraderie, right? When you're, when you're deep exactly. in, a, in a mission or deep in, you know, I never served on the front line exactly the way maybe you have. But, you know, at the end of the day, we need that camaraderie. It's what builds the bond. It, it helps us stay stronger when times are tough. Absolutely, Butch. So now you, you had spent a great deal of time and, and written this book, The Payroll Book, and I actually spent um, quite a bit of time going through and I appreciate you sending it out and I'm definitely going to pass the word because there are details that are in here, even as a fellow business owner, and obviously I deal with it a lot on the ben- employee benefit side and so there's a lot of things uh, I work with on a regular basis and then there's other stuff just being part of being a business owner, working with employees, and I tell you... You know, I wish somebody gave me this book years ago uh, because one thing I really enjoyed just to highlight uh, is that um, you didn't dive way too deep in the weeds. You did highlight some like really reference codes or if somebody wanted more information, this is where you could go to. But you kind of gave a really good snapshot. Here's a topic. Here's what you need to know. 
and then you move on, which is great because you deal with business owners just as much as I do. And payroll's not a, a hot topic. And obviously, employee benefits and insurance is clearly off the table for them because they're focused on building that widget or getting revenue in the door or dealing with other issues that come and the fires that we put in. So, and I, I guess one question is what made you actually sit down and start doing this? And obviously experience paved the way, but I guess what was the motivation to do this? Because there's not a whole lot of payroll companies that are publishing books right now. Well, that's very true. There's not a whole lot that are and why they aren't, I don't know. But I deal with small businesses every day. And the level of or the lack of level of knowledge about payroll, to me, gets overwhelming because I'm so used to it. So I wanted to give my erstwhile clients, people who could become clients, people who want to do their payroll themselves, a mechanism to get started on it. So I took 30 years of experience and rolled it into 95,000 words. And you're right. It's not designed to be every little Thing that you possibly need. But there's links to everything. So if you want to do it yourself, you can get a good understanding of payroll and how to process it, how to calculate it, how it's taxed, how you report it, and the associated things around it uh, in the third part of the book that are payroll related. After you've gone through the book, you should understand that maybe I need to use a payroll service bureau. Maybe I need to call Charles. But if you want to do it yourself, Here's a guide to do it. The only other book out there that approximates this is $600. That's ridiculous. For sure. That's from the American Payroll Association. And so we wanted something that small business entrepreneurs, you got to start a business. They can't afford $600 for a book they can barely read. Uh, true. And I tell you, you know, and you've obviously walked the, down this road too. I and mean, we deal with a lot of startups ourselves. And Sometimes they, first off, when they first get started, they have to do everything themselves. They don't have the revenue. They don't, you know, they might have hired their first employee and they're, they're worried about that next payroll check, let alone hire a payroll company. And I tell you, for the, the, the information you put in here, it, it points out a lot of things that they just need to be aware of. And then, it, and that's all you really get into, um, which is, gr I think, great because they're not there to g figure out exactly how does commission salesperson needs to be allocated to, you know, in this tax code and what can be reimbursed. They don't, they only need to know like a case by case at that point, but it gives a high level overview and say, Hey, you just need to be aware of this, that you need to be aware if you get a notification from the IRS about, you know, garnished wages. Yeah. You don't need to know the, the nuts and bolts, but Hey, just be aware that this is some of the action items that you need to be aware of. And I, and I think that's very good for a startup company because we, we're so focused on what we're trying to do. We're worried about the next paycheck. We're not making money. We're starving ourselves, And um, just to get to the next, um, the next sale and then the next sale, and then you hire another employee and then you hire another one. And then obviously then you're in the payroll game again. You're in a business that you never wanted to be in. Butch, exactly. This is designed for the small business. This is not, this book is not written for a fortune 500 company. They have a staff of experts that know this stuff, hopefully as well as I do, okay? And they're paying them big bucks. This is designed, as it says on the, on the cover of the book, a guide for small businesses and startups. This is to help the small businessman negotiate the, the uh, reefs and shoals of payroll 
and associated products. So, but one of the topics, and I'm glad you pointed it out in the book uh, because we bring it up um, not as often as we probably should because there's assumptions that come into play. But the difference between a 125 dock and a pop plan, we just, most of the time we get so busy in what we do, right? And and payroll companies are usually the one that's taking care of it usually, but. You know just as well as I do that how many small businesses out there, even when they get to even 15 or 20 employees and they still don't have the pre-tax document and somehow they're getting away with pre-tax deductions? Most of them don't have the documents. You're absolutely right, Butch, and they should. As long as they're, as you know, as long as they're strictly doing just the medical insurance, they can get away for with a you know premium-only program and, and probably survive. But the moment they start adding other things, they need a 125 document updated annually in their file because when that auditor comes in and they don't have it, mm-hmm. there's going to be hell to pay. And it opens up the door for other things, right? And a lot of times I, I tell or give the example of, and I could be wrong, I'm not in payroll, but when I talk about the 125 document, I say it's one of those documents, you re- it doesn't really go anywhere. It needs to be updated and executed by an authority person inside the company and, and, and then filed. But it's like the busted taillight uh, getting pulled over for a DUI. Sure, you're still going to get dinged for that. But then that just says the, tells the auditor, well, if they miss this, what else are they missing? Let's dive deeper. Butch, you're absolutely right. And I see this as a CPA. Anytime you get an auditor in, internal, external, IRS, state, in whatever, if they start examining things and everything's perfect, they quickly lose interest. But the moment they find a problem, they look for the next one and the next one and the next one. When they come in and audit, for instance, uh, expenses, you know, your personal, your ex- business expenses, and you lay it out and they go through the first five and six or seven and there you have the date, the time, the people, the amount, the receipt, and the obvious business reason. After they've done six or seven of those in a row without any problem, they're done. They move on to something else, maybe, but they're less likely to be looking with you with a jaundiced eye because if they find two wrong in the first five, they're going to have to go through every single one of them. And in one of the sections in the book, you had, um, you went to medical insurance, even though it's not exactly uh, detailed related to payroll or taxes necessarily. Uh, but it, I wanted to highlight it because it is what we do. And we talk about this all the time. And some of the employers are pretty shocked when I bring it up. When you have a, an employee benefit offering to employee base, you should get all documentation, whether they take the coverage or not. And you and you bring you highlight a good point because I tell this all the time. Because what if somebody goes down the street, and this is the example I get give. They're they're walking down the street, they get you know fall down you know a curb or something, and all of a sudden they find out that they don't have insurance, whether they're intentionally lying or not, could be a different story. But they, it could come down to it that they never were offered health insurance to begin with, and and you you put a case study in here in the Midwest. It might have been Chicago for that matter, but. Uh, you uh, point out that uh, obviously there was a situation that occurred and, and the settlement and the employer was responsible for the claim and it ended up being over a million dollars for liability claim for the employer. And this was years ago. It would be much more than that now. This was a subsidiary of a Fortune 500 company in uh, Western Illinois. And it, it was one I was personally, um, well, my, my father's business was involved in it. 
So I saw it personally, and it was it was it was it was devastating to the family and very expensive to the company for lack of a record. And that's what it was. Yeah, it's definitely um, good. When we take over new accounts on our side and they've already had established benefits uh, already put in place, especially smaller companies, when I say smaller, under 50 employees, they get lazy over a period of time. They don't want to do redundant work, especially if there's multiple locations. I'll force them for that open enrollment period to actually get um, new documentation. We try to do it every year, but for new accounts, we try to do it. And I know some of them will come back and balk because it's such an inconvenience for their staff. It costs them money because they're staff and employees to take care of this. Sometimes it could be 50% of the company that's waiving the coverage for many different reasons. But uh, the documentation is important because you're trying to protect liability. And that's what it comes down to, uh, even with payroll, right? And so it, it's, it's a liability for the employer to do it right. Do you want to keep inheriting those issues and bring it in yourself? Or do we get to a point where we need to outsource some of the intellectual knowledge uh, related to that industry and have somebody else, one, take the risk, um, but two, uh, the one that does it full time are more likely to have all the documentation put in place so there's less liability for the employer. Butch, I agree 100%. We outsource a lot of things ourselves because we're not experts in it. And to not outsource your non-core functions is probably a mistake, whether it be insurance or payroll. Uh, You know, I don't grow my own food. I don't make my own clothes. Uh, I use insurance agents that are knowledgeable and and vetted. Uh, I use a lawyer. I don't even like my own lawyer, but you know, yeah, mm-hmm. that, does, that's right? a whole different situation, right? Right. right. I use them, right? So, a, a good insurance agent, a good operation, will keep you on the straight and narrow, just like a good payroll company will. If in our business, misclassification is a huge thing, where they misclassify employees as either salary versus hourly, which is overtime or as independent contractors versus employees. The Labor Department estimates 70% of businesses misclassify employees. And I have seen penalties imposed enough to destroy businesses because of that. So if you're not sure what you're doing in that, get somebody in that knows what they're doing that'll help you get in a professional, whether it be insurance or payroll or accounting, or a process that you have in your business, use experts. If, if, you're not, if you're not the go-to expert in the field, find whoever is. Hey gang, ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner? It's confusing, weird expenses coming out of nowhere, and when you throw in health insurance, forget it. Nobody understands how that works. If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. And then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, HR representative that wants to impress the boss, give Butch Zemar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year. Reach out to Butch right now, 708 535 3006 or shoot him an email butch at elitebenefits.net and be sure to check out the zmar podcast don't wait till the last minute put butch zmar to work for you now 
I'm gonna dive a little bit deeper in something you just said um, when you were talking about the overtime. Um, and and um, the tracking of it could be a nuance for employers and uh, making sure that they comply. It's not necessarily like they're, uh, some may be avoiding it, but other ones, it's more of a tracking issue. And the same thing goes with, and, and, and uh, I don't know if you have any experience in house on this, but when the ACA or the Affordable Care Act was rolled out, and, and the ALE uh, or the applicable uh, large employer details were coming out. And then you have these rolling variable hour employees along with companies that have um, a big increase or turnover in some degree because of whatever's going on internally or just the nature of the business. And they keep wavering up and down above that 50 mark. And so maybe this is a two-part question, but in my mind, I think it's the same about reporting or, or tracking the reporting side of it. What are some of the problems you've seen with the um, tracking of it? And then what are some ideas that employers should be looking for as far as tracking those hours, whether it's an overtime tracking thing or if it's related to the employees going up and down based on full-time equivalents or because of their nature of the business with variable hours? The whole full-time employee equivalent was nonsense that was created. You either have a person working for you, or you don't. They work full time, or they don't. It's 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 a it's a construct to try and bring in businesses that hire a lot of part time people into the fold to provide these benefits that Congress thinks companies should be required to do and provide without paying the company to do it. It's it's mandates that are imposed on businesses constantly. So tracking them time is important for that, and it's important overall for numerous things, including workers' comp. So we tell our our clients and our prospective clients, if you're not using a high-quality timekeeping system, up to 10% of your wages are wasted. We encounter things all the time where people aren't tracking time effectively, buddy punching, ghost employees, all these kinds of things that that cost you money uh, and destroy your whole reporting system because you don't know what you have. You don't know the number of people you have. If you've got a ghost employees on your payroll, and I've seen this with clients, you're reporting people that, that you're paying and somebody else is taking the money, and you're then paying insurance on them and other things, and may, it may well make you subject to the Affordable Care Act without you being there. So it is critical that you know what you have, what you're paying, what you're being worked. And this, of course, has been exacerbated with COVID because you have so many people working from home. If you don't have an electronic system for them to report in on, how the hell do you know what they're working? And it's, and you, you, may, you may trust them to do a day's work, but you've got to pay them if you allow them to work, if you the word is suffer them to work, then you must pay them. And if they say they work 10 hours and they took a three-hour lunch, you know, you don't know that. So you have to have those systems. And, and as I said, COVID has just exacerbated that situation. And electronic timekeeping is, is so critical now. For sure. Because a lot of maybe even the people that are listening to this podcast are are truly almost startup company or been struggling for a period of time to grow. Um, what do you suggest for those who are not ready to outsource to a company like you to do those 
the time tracking, what is some basic uh, tools to at least get started in, in the right direction so to make sure that they're not overpaying employees? If they're in-house, a timesheet that they sign in and sign out on it, that's a minimum, okay? If they're, if they're working remotely, have them report every day. And if you can, if they're on a computer, uh, you can track their keystrokes. And if they haven't had a keystroke in 10 minutes, well, you log them off. Mm-hmm. So it's, there, there's some things you can do. There's some apps. There's paperwork. You can literally do this old school and, you know, ha- have a yellow pad uh, if you only have one person. But the point is you need them to record it and sign off on it. And I've seen this in the past. Somebody comes in, files a, a complaint with the Labor Department and says, oh, I worked all these hours, all these overtime hours. I wasn't paid for it. And they go to the employer and they say, well, your employee said this. Can you prove he didn't? And if you can't prove they didn't work those hours, the Labor Department will make you pay those with the overtime plus interest because they are on the employee's side. The government does not, almost never takes the side of the employer. The, in Texas, it's the Texas Workforce Commission. It's the EDD in California. Every state has a labor work unemployment department, every one of them. They are always on the side of the employee because they think the employer has all the power. So they always take the employee's side. And unless you can prove in writing that you're right, you lose. So your timesheet should be signed off by the employee uh, every day, every week, every pay period, whatever, that they agree that these are the hours they worked and that they didn't work time that you're not paying them for. Have them sign the timesheet. Have them sign the time card. Uh, have them uh, send it out the uh, electronic thing saying, this, these are your hours for the week. If you have a problem, let me know. If they don't, you're probably okay. It would be preferable that you say, sign this, initial this, okay this, and send it back to me. So all those things, because the government is, as a businessman, you know, the government is not on your side, Butch. It's not on my side. It, it really isn't. So true. And um, you brought up COVID and since we're living in the, the current times of COVID, what do you foresee going forward that some of the businesses will have to continue to keep adapting? Or is there something coming down the pipeline related to payroll and what you guys do that you're seeing that small to mid-sized companies should um, be aware of? Well, there's a lot of changes happening. Um <clears throat> The new administration is making a lot of changes. There was a new uh, independent contractor rule that has now been put on hold uh, that was developed over many years, and now the the Biden administration has put that on hold, or should I say the Biden-Harris administration. There's a new form that NEC has come back in for non-employee compensation instead of being reported on the 1099 miss. There are a lot of changes on the 941 this year that because of all the things that have happened, uh, employee retention credit, um, PPP, tax deferment, um, the increase in the FMLA for people not able to work because of COVID, all these things run through payroll and run through the payroll forms. So if you're not really current on this stuff, you need to get current or, or use somebody that is. And then remote work is probably here 
forever. Because from a business point of view, it's a lot cheaper to have them working out of their house than to have an office for them. You have to have physical space, you have to have equipment, you have to have lights, water, air conditioning, a restroom, a break area. You have to have all this space and expense. If they're working from home, you don't have any of that. And a lot of people have found that they can work people from home effectively. In our business, in my own business, my staff, some of them take uh, and work from home on Monday. Some of them work from home on uh, Friday. Uh, my operations manager worked from home yesterday. These are, this two years ago would have been unheard of. And it works for us. It may not work for everybody, but it works for us. We've got a new phone system that allows that. If it rings into their desk, it goes to their cell phone automatically. All these kinds of technological changes that allow us to be more mobile, work from more places, and be effective. These changes aren't going away. If you're not going to adapt to them, your, your business is going to have a problem. I remember when I first got out of service, I worked for Colgate-Palmolive in a soap factory before I went to college. And we had an old punch card timekeeping system where you pulled it out of a slot, stuck it in the clock, and put it in your slot on the other side so the line kept moving. And the supervisor stood there and overseed that. And at five minutes after the start of the shift, he locked the clock so nobody could punch in or out. And if you had to leave and punch out, he had to come and unlock the clock for you to punch out. That won't work in today's environment. It, you know, the guy's working from home, or he's off in Indiana, or whatever. That kind of thing doesn't work anymore. So you have to adapt. The technological changes I've seen in payroll over the last 30 years, we do a lot more payroll with a lot less people today than we did 30 years ago because of technology, computers, emails, uh, direct deposit, ACH. All these kinds of things allow us to be more effective and more proactive for our clients and produce actions for our clients that 30 years ago were basically inconceivable. This has definitely been uh, great, great insight for small to mid-sized companies, even the startup companies. If uh, anybody that's listening um, wanted to get a hold of you or your firm, what are the best ways? And also, how do they get a hold of the book? Um, because it's a great copy to put on, definitely read through and then put it as a reference book on the desk. We can be, we're getpayroll.com. That's real simple, getpayroll.com. They can reach us there. The book is available on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Nobles. It's available at thepayrollbook.com, which is our website where you can purchase the book. Uh, if, you've got, if your listeners have questions that, that they really need an answer to, they can reach me. I'm CJR, Charles J. Reed, at getpayroll.com. And my phone number is 972-353-0000. And if I can answer a question off the cuff, I do it for free. I, you know, I'm a problem solver. I like to help people. Yeah, you got a big heart too, especially coming from a United States military, and then just what you have already shared with us today about rolling up the sleeves and getting dirty with your your clients, and then um, obviously paying it forward to make sure that people are better as a whole. So. I appreciate everything you've done, appreciate uh, your service, and, and obviously what you've been doing for small to mid-sized companies over the last 30 years. I look forward to maybe possibly having you back on again with uh, some updates. Butch, it would be my pleasure. I've enjoyed speaking with you today, and I wish your clients and your listeners uh, nothing but good things. <laughs>